Hello and welcome to the Mindful Men podcast, the show helping men to open up about manhood. My name is Simon Rennie and my aim is to get men talking. From mental health to fatherhood and everything in between, Mindful Men creates a safe space for conversation. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you for joining me. It means a world for you to join me and talk about men's issues. And if you love what you hear, please subscribe and share the episode with your mates. You can also join the conversation on Instagram and YouTube, and I'd love to connect with you there. But for now, sit back, relax, and let's get mindful. G'day guys, and welcome to episode two of the Mindful Men podcast. My name is Simon Rennie, and I'm the man behind Mindful Men. I'm excited to bring you today's episode because I have a hunch that you'll walk away with something pretty useful. Thinking back to episode one, I talked about why I think we should get men talking. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I really do recommend that you check it out because it sets the foundation for each episode to come. Now, from episode one, I want to bring you back to my purpose, and that is to tell my story with the hope that it inspires other boys and men to tell their stories. Now, a quick recap on why I think this is important. Well, because men, we need to speak up. We need to be okay with not being okay and to open up and get vulnerable. Because when we do this, we can work through what's troubling us and move forward with purpose. Pretty simple, isn't it? So today's episode... It's a bit about where I'm currently at and what got me to this point in time. Thinking about time, it's early December 2021. We're gearing up for a big Christmas. At the moment, I'm 38 and next year I turn 39. And then, wow, the big four zero. And boy, does that sound scary. I remember when I was a kid and thinking that 40 was old. You know, you're 40 and you're pretty much retired. It's all downhill from there. And, you know, by 60, you're in a nursing home. Well. Let me tell my younger self that there isn't much truth to that. In fact, from our generation onwards, we're the ones who are going to be working and living for longer, much longer than our dads and their dads did. Now, health-wise, well, it's fair to say that I'm a bit pudgier than I used to be, and it's certainly getting harder to shift the kilos as I get a bit older. My hair seems to be growing inwards, I'm at the point now where I'm have to slap on some sunscreen to my bald spot. Pretty embarrassing. And also I'm slower, sore, and more tired than my younger self. I'm that classic type of bloke who thinks that he can get back into sport again only to end the first training session back with a pulled muscle or a torn muscle. And then suddenly I'm out for the rest of the season. And this has happened a few times over the last couple of years. Yep. That's me, but that's life as well. I'm happily married to the most amazing woman in the world. And together we have two beautiful kids. We got lucky and we had a boy and then a girl, which means no more attempts for our family to even out the team. The kids, well, they're turning five and two in the next few months. So it's a big, big period of time for us. We're finally starting to get rid of the baby stuff from the house. And this is amazing. As a family, we're in the middle of those toddler years where time seems to stand still, but it also seems to go so fast at the same time. 
what were once quiet brand new bubs have turned into two, then three, and then four nages, with the youngest one taking notes from her oldest brother on how to bend mum and dad to her will. Now, our lives, they pretty much wake up with the sun, eat, have about five cups of coffee, play with the kids, and when we need to rest, we watch them watching other kids playing with toys on YouTube. Yep, that's right. Blippi, Ryan's World, T-Rex Ranch, Baby Shark, all the greats. And as they're bouncing around in front of the TV and we're saying to ourselves, geez, look at this guy making so much cash. How can he do it? I bet I could do it too, but I never do. And if it's not YouTube, it's the Wiggles or Bluey or the same movies on repeat. Then it's long drives to get the kids to sleep. Or it's looking out the window on those rainy days, just waiting for the sun to come out so we can escape the madness of our own home and go down to the park and have a play. Or it's hidden the swimming pool in the backyard, playing with the Lego, drawing trampolines and bubbles. Oh my gosh, the bubbles. Bubbles everywhere. It's, and it's funny because our almost two-year-old, she can navigate Kmart looking for the bubble shelf. She knows exactly where they are. It's escaping to the toilet to have five minutes of time just to scroll through Instagram or watch my crypto fly to the moon or even crash to the ground. It's getting the kids to sleep, then sitting down to watch our favourite Netflix show, only to fall asleep five minutes later. It's the endless sickness. And it's also the endless time that you need to take off of work to care for sick kids. It's the gastro, the rashes, the viruses, the snotty noses. It's the nappies, the vomit, the tears and the tantrums. But it's also the most wondrous joy. It's the daddy when you walk in the door. It's the best feeling. It's the wrestling and the giggles. It's the handmade crafts just for you on Father's Day or Christmas or Easter. It's the cuddles and the tickles and their desire just to have you around. It's the best. Now for all the parents out there, I'm sure you can agree that this is parenting. And despite all the hardship, you wouldn't have it any other way. Now our family, for the last few years, we've lived up in the Queensland Sunshine Coast. And if you haven't been here, think paradise. It's down to earth. Has amazing beaches or hinterland within 30 minutes drive of the home. And the weather is pretty good all year round with a mix of sunshine and spectacular storms on the very same day. Our kids love the outdoors so much and this is the perfect place for that. And that's why we live here. Now my wife and I, well, we just have average jobs. We make do with what we can. Next week, I get my final grades for my Master of Social Work and now I'm thinking, hmm, is now a good time to do my PhD? But I think after the last four years, having a break until the kids get older is a good thing because between you and me, I think the wife would appreciate having her husband back on weekends and weeknights to help out with the kids. In essence, we probably have what you term an average life. We're bang smack in the middle of the pack with the rest of you. And this is the point I wanted to highlight today. It's a point of being an average person. It's a point of being an average person and creating space where you can talk about your experiences. Now, for me, 
I love talking about my mental health journey for two reasons. Firstly, I love talking about it because it helps me process it. I like to think out loud and I do this all the time. I like talking openly about things because it helps me to put things into context. It helps me to see things for what they really are and it helps others. And when I say others, it's usually my wife to help me to see things in a different way. And secondly, I love talking about my mental health journey because I have a passion for helping others work through theirs. I mean, Mindful Men is all about that. I want to talk about my mental health so I can inspire others to talk about theirs. I want to talk about my mental health because I feel I have something to add to the mental health conversation. But something has held me back for years. And that something has been my inner critic. It's that voice inside of me that says, hey, Simon, why would anyone want to listen to your story? It's the, you're a nobody, Simon. You'll just make a fool of yourself if you open up. Or it says, your story isn't even interesting. It says, you're average. And you know what? I've listened to that critic for years and I bottled my story up. Now, back in episode one, I talked about using Mindful Men as a platform to work through my burnout. And I'm glad I did. Because what I've found is that there is value in telling my story. There is value in an average Aussie bloke speaking up. There's value in giving my voice to the men's mental health conversation. So how do I know this? Well, because the mindful men community is growing. There's more and more of us every day. And because you're here listening to this podcast, because I came to the end of my social work degree and I found that blokes who were working with me then want to still work with me. And more and more people have reached out since asking if I can work with them or their kids or someone they know. So what this tells me is that you don't need to be famous to talk about mental health. You just need to be you. You don't need a gazillion social media followers because I don't. And that's okay. I don't do this for followers. I'm not doing this to become famous. I'm doing it because I want to help people work through mental illness. I'm doing it because I want other dads out there to recognize that, yep, parenting is damn hard. Parenting is lonely. And at times it can be damn scary. I'm doing this because I want other blokes out there to be okay with opening up to be okay with not being okay and to ask their mates how they're going and to want to grow and be the best blokes that they can be. I'm doing this because it gives me energy. It helps me pursue the goals that I've always dreamt of but never pursued until now. I'm doing this because it silences my inner critic. So how am I doing this? How do I speak up about my life? Well, the first and hardest part of this for me was to speak up the very first time, to recognize that something wasn't quite right and that I needed some help. Then the second hardest part was actually getting the help. And you can do this too. You can recognize 
that the things that your wife or your partner or your mates may be saying about you might have some truth, that maybe you have turned into a bit of a prick, that maybe you've seemed off or maybe you are off. Maybe you're drinking way too much and you're drinking way too regularly. Stuff like that. It's hard to recognize it in ourselves. It's hard to think that maybe other people are right, that maybe there is something wrong, that maybe you need to seek out professional help. I know this could be hard to come to this realization because I've lived it. I've lived through it. It took me about 20 years to open up the first time. And for me, mental illness started before I was even 10. I developed obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety. I started thinking and acting differently. I started feeling sick constantly. And then as I went through high school, yep, there comes depression jumping into the mix. And these three demons, the OCD, the anxiety and the depression, they swirled around my head for years to come. They fueled that inner critic within me. They turned a happy-go-lucky kid into an absolute nervous wreck, into someone that others tried to change, into someone that slowly became a shadow of my former self. And in adulthood, this fun continued. My mental illness evolved. The triggers changed. But my overall fears remained the same, if not very similar. Sometimes they would intensify. And other times, they would almost disappear. Now, I took my first stab at talking about my struggles in my teenage years. But it wasn't like talking in front of a therapist like I do now. It was in that awkward teenage way, that warped sense of humour way, the dark poetry or the dark art. I had a bit of a goth or emo mindset, but I didn't dress like one. And looking back at this period, I couldn't help but think that anyone who did listen to me, and it was pretty much just my, my classmates, they must have thought I was a bit weird. And that's okay. Then you turn into my adult, my young adult years, and I went through a couple of serious relationships. And even though I didn't allude to my mental illness in these relationships, I dare say that behavior and my personality, they probably showed the signs. And in a couple of my relationships, I remember the parents wanted it to end because I wasn't what they wanted for their daughters. I was too quiet or too serious about relationships for my age. And in one relationship, I was even you know, from the wrong part of town. Or the fact that my parents had separated meant that in the future, I was going to end up separated. You know, I'm still yet to see some research that validates that kind of bullshit. But what I learned from these relationships is that if anyone tries to change you, then they don't really want to understand you. They generally want you to fit within their box. They want you to be normal or normal enough that they don't need to engage with what's going on on the inside of you. They don't wanna understand what makes you tick and what doesn't. And ultimately, I believe that these relationships aren't that worth it. But you often don't realize this until after the fact, because when you're in the midst of a relationship, all you try to do is just keep things together. Now, thankfully, I met the person 
for the one person on earth who seems to get me, the one who wants to understand, the one who wants to, me to grow. She's the one who encouraged me to get the help I needed 20 years earlier. In 2012, I was living with my now wife and I was in another one of my big ruts. We'd moved from interstate down to Tassie and I just didn't feel at home. I mean, I made a couple of mates, but I mostly felt lonely. I felt lost and things internally were throwing up a whole bunch of red alerts. So my now wife encouraged me to get some help. And at first I refused. Well, I'm not getting help. That's, you know, there's nothing wrong with me is the kind of thing I'd say. I say this quite often and I even try to deflect and maybe even recommend that she went and spoke to someone. But eventually I came to realize that maybe, hey, maybe there was some truth to what she was saying. I know she didn't want to change me like the partners in previous relationships. She wanted me to go talk to someone because she knew that I could get better. She just wanted me to be happy. And so I eventually did. I drew up the courage and went and saw my GP. And even though it's almost 10 years later, I still remember sitting there shaking. And then eventually the words came out that I, I think I have mental health issues. I nearly choked on those words as they came out. I've never said them before. But from there, doors started opening up. A daughter stabilizing my mood with medication. A daughter talking about my issues with a psychologist. A daughter understanding what was going on to being diagnosed with OCD, anxiety, and depression. Now, some people say that they don't want to be labeled, that they aren't their mental illness. But for me, the labels helped. They helped me to understand who I was and what was going on. Now, it's been a bit of a windy journey since 2012. And I've realized that recovery from mental illness isn't linear. It isn't straightforward and it isn't easy. But with the right supports and the right mindset, it's possible. Since 2012, I've had numerous mental health care plans and I've been on numerous medications just trying to find the right one to fit for me. I've seen psychologists and psychiatrists and mental health social workers, even counsellors. I've experienced highs and lows and emotional numbness. And I've also had long periods where I've been in a good space. In fact, in one 12 month period, I came off the meds completely because I was doing great. And then when things got shit again, I didn't hesitate to put my hand up and say that I needed some help that I need to speak to someone, that I need some new meds. Because I knew that I didn't want to go through 20 years of silence. And as you can see, my story isn't filled with glitz and glam that comes with being famous. It isn't star powered and likely to get millions of likes and comments and shares and follows. I mean, it'd be awesome if it did. But what it is, it's me. And I dare say that even famous people go through similar challenges. Because mental illness, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't matter what gender, sexual orientation, race, religion, or age you are. Mental illness can happen to anyone. But what does matter is that famous or average, average or famous, it matters to talk. It's important to talk and it's important to open up to someone that you can trust. It doesn't have to be to your partner. It doesn't have to be to your friends or family. 
just has to be to someone, someone who's going to listen. And if you don't think there is anyone, there's hotlines all around the world that you can ring for free, you know, hotlines like Lifeline here in Australia. The hardest steps for me were the first few to identify something was wrong and to open up. But trust me, after that, each time I spoke, it just got a little bit easier. And now look at me. I'm doing podcasts of all things to tell my story to the world. And this is hard. This is damn hard. Because as I'm speaking, the inner critic is jumping around in my head and in my heart, throwing me all over the place. But I know that it's just trying to pin me down, to keep me in my box, to keep me suffering in silence. Well, perhaps the younger me would. But the present day me, the 38-year-old me, says there ain't no box big enough to keep me from speaking my truth, from living my authentic life, from giving a voice to mental illness and more broadly to issues about men's well-being. Because I believe these are really important to talk about. Well, that's it for today. I'm sure you got something out of it. But most importantly, the key message I wanted to bring across was that you don't need to be famous to speak up about mental health. You just need to be you. People will listen. And when I say people, you don't have to make it public like me. You don't have to put it all over social media. Just talk to your inner circle or your doctor or talk to a hotline. Whoever it is, just speak up. Don't wait 20 years like I did. Thanks for joining me today. In the next few episodes, I'm going to dive into the various aspects of my mental illness in more detail. I hope you keep tuning in. And again, drop us some love in the socials. I really love you for it. My name is Simon Rennie. And until next time, stay mindful. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. And I hope you got some value from it. If anything triggered your mental health today, please reach out to your support networks. Also, if you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your mates. For more from Mindful Men, you can check us out on Instagram and YouTube, and I'll throw the links to these pages in the show notes below. But until next time, stay mindful.